Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, I spoke to sound designer Marcus Stemmler about his work on All Quiet on the Western Front. Stemmler is an Oscar nominee, a BAFTA award winner as of yesterday for Best Sound for All Quiet on the Western Front, an AMPS winner for Excellence in Sound for a Feature Film for All Quiet on the Western Front, a three-time MPSE nominee, and much more. Well, first off, I just have to congratulate you on the nomination. I mean, what a what a spectacular honor. Indeed, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, you know, we're still kind of digesting <laughs> this. Um, it's it's pretty surreal to be honest, but uh, yeah, an absolute amazing honor for us, for sure. Mm. Yeah, for the entire team too. I mean, for for so many craftsmen and women to be honored in in such a great way. I mean, it's it's a true testament to the film. So um, yeah, it's, just, sure. it's spectacular. Um, but can you um, start out by telling me um, what your um, what your knowledge of the material was prior to um, this film? Say so again, prior to. Prior to doing this film, oh yeah. Um, actually, um, I personally uh, uh, hopped on this project as uh, really as a kind of virgin. You know, I haven't read the book, uh, and I also haven't seen um, the earlier films. Um, I'm probably in that regard, one person of a handful on this planet, I guess. But um, uh, yeah, when we when we um, were asked to do this job, I was thinking actually about um, diving into the into these the old movies and also uh, into the book. But then decided not to do it because um, really wanted to approach this from afresh and not be influenced in any way. But it's just me. Um, I think, um, you know, other members of the sound crew, they may have seen and read the book beforehand. Mm, yes. Um, and so can you tell me what it was like to research this um, project um, or research a period piece like this project and how um, you were able to to sort of start that process in in the in the sound work yeah um yeah of course we did some research um in terms of uh how things might have sounded back then um because on a movie like that you initially want uh, or you you want to be approach this with some um historical accuracy uh for sure but um to be honest, it's, it's very difficult uh, because there are, you hardly can find any sonic reference from, from that time. Um, we did some research and we were looking for it, but um, couldn't find anything really. Um, but what we came across was um, a bunch of letters actually that soldiers had written to their to their loved ones back home. And in these letters, they they kind of described um, what they 
what they heard uh, on the front line, what uh, certain ammunition would sound like. Um, they gave them nicknames, things like that. And that was an inspiration for us um, how to approach the sound design in general. Um, it actually was an inspiration to really um, go for the emotional reality of that soldier Paul that we are following in the movie. And um, because the movie is very much told from his perspective. And so for us, it was, um, it made sense to also in the sound design <clears throat> approaches from a subjective um, kind of sonic angle and tell the things through um, his ears, basically. So many times, you know, we, we prioritized um, the emotional reality of Paul over total historical accuracy. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, how were you able to um, sort of break that individualism and then sort of that collective audience view? Um, so we, it's kind of while also as a as as a filmmaker trying to putting yourself in the shoes of Paul and 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 try to imagine what he's going through in that very moment, and then um, and then imagine what what he uh, how he would experience what what's happening around him, um, and how he would perceive. Um, you know the 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 battle around him and um, the things he has to see, and is this kind of diving in and out of that subjective angle? Sometimes we're very objective in a way, but um, um, yeah, there are some moments in the film where um, his emotion is is so strong that it has a. a a very strong impact on the way he he hears things for sure. And you were mentioning some of the the journal entries and some of the letters. And I mean, what were some of the the particular sounds that they were that they were sort of um, putting out there for for you to glean from? Uh, just different ammunition, really. And then they had his nicknames for it uh, for them. Um, I don't remember all of them, but um, for us, it was um, more interesting that that they actually described it or how they described it, um, you know, um, and these, that's the next thing, like these, um, these letters would be different from soldier, soldier to soldier because everybody has a different uh, experience. Um, so, it was maybe it was just a, like the spark for us uh, and how to proceed um, and and kind of um, approach everything that was related to Paul. Really, um, yeah. Mm. And I mean, where were how were you able to incorporate? sort of those moments of silence and those moments of levity um, to to break up some of, I mean, 
everything that's going on. Um, so you're referring to the, the strong contrast of, of silence and the, the yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So um, most of the rather quiet scenes, um, many of them um, happen when we, <clears throat> when we are in the world of um, the people of high command. Because there is a different different world, uh, really different from the people, from the soldiers on the battlefield. Um, and, and we really wanted to create a uh, different sonic environment for, for these generals and, and the German delegation, you know. Um, the idea was to um, stay away from any battle sounds uh, in the background. Uh, when we are with them and um, uh, actually create a kind of cozy environment. So we focus on sounds like, you know, fireplaces <clears throat> and um, um, things, uh, products of joy, or how you call it, um, like when they bite into croissants and when they slurp coffee, this, this is very, a very different world. They still live a, kind of luxurious uh, life, whereas the, the soldiers on the front line are starving. So it was a very uh, different sound set in their world. And, um, and it needed to be, uh, um, we, we needed to create a contrast in order to, to enhance uh, that, that difference between them, especially because the, the people that made decisions um, some of them, they might not have been aware actually what the soldiers are going through on the front line. So that's why um, we try to separate these um, these two worlds uh, as as much as possible, really. Yeah. And then there's also there's a bunch of uh, like shots in the nature. That I think this is where it gets uh, where we don't see any people. Um, this is where it gets the most peep, uh, peaceful and the most quiet. And for me, there was always, um, you know, a way to tell how the world could actually could actually be without mm. that um, um, craziness that uh, that the humans bring to the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, a beautiful point. I mean, just thinking of the the two soldiers running through the snow to, I think, steal a chicken. Um, but not mistaken, I mean, that's a nice little transition of what I guess a normal life could have been like. And um, I, I think that's yeah, a, a moment of humanity in a way. Um, yeah. <laughs> between the a two. Bit, a bit of joy in, in, the, in the madness. And, but I also love, I mean, how you were talking about the awareness soldiers and how uh, or the generals versus the soldiers. I mean, I think it's a perfect, um, I think that perfectly the, the film in terms of, I mean, we don't, we as audience members, most aren't aware of sort of the atrocities of on in this world and what this all is like, especially um, as an American myself. I mean, I, I know that I'm not fully aware of, of what war looks like. So, I mean, it is, uh, a very nice contrast. And uh, I, I just think you described that so beautifully. 
uh, yeah, it was uh, for us. It was also uh, you know the the chance to to enhance the contrast. These contrasts also was um, came from the way the the movie is edited. Um, our editor Sven Budelmann, he is very aware of what sound can um, contribute to the storytelling. So the way he cut it really allowed us to go for uh, very drastic uh, dynamic shifts. Sometimes when we, I think it's in the yeah, it's in the middle of the of the long battle in the in the middle of the film, we cut to the to the German delegation in the train wagon. And, um, and, then, and then we cut back to the battlefield and there are these really, it's just a couple of frames uh, where, there are, where there are no lines going on. And uh, it's just a perfect gap uh, before we cut back to the battlefield and we get all that, um, that horror going on again with explosions and, 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 and screaming soldiers. And, and so on. But these little moments, uh, they were all already created in, in the edit actually and made, a, made it so much easier for us to um, create those uh, huge dynamic shifts. Really. Mm, that's fantastic. And I mean, can you talk to me about your collaboration with Frank and just what that was like? Yeah, so Frank and me, um, we've been working together uh, yeah, for quite a while now and um it is Lars the, the re-recording mixer he sometimes refers to us as a kind of an old couple <laughs> 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 i'm a bit offended by the old but um <laughs> this um yeah over time we we really um um created that blind understanding um, of what each of us would do and how um, everybody would approach things. Um, so by now we uh, by now we can just like split a film into half and um, say Frank's doing the first half and I'm doing the second half because we know each other so well um, that what we create would always be um, compatible. We never worry about, um, yeah, uh, would, would the stuff uh, actually work together? Uh, what he's creating, what I'm creating. Um, so there's this really lovely um, understanding and, and we, we kind of have the same like vision of how things could sound. And our taste is pretty, pretty compatible. Um, so, yeah, it's just a lovely way to work together, really. <laughs> what did you learn from this picture that you hadn't known before? Oh. Um, well, you learn everything. Uh, you, you learn something on every film. Um, this movie really, um, in terms of the message that it might carry um, for me personally, it is a very important film to make us remember and not forget what what war actually means. Because we 
I think over time, when we're not really involved uh, involved in, in, in war, um, we, we tend to forget, you know, if I, when I talk to my grandparents about World War II, um, they really, they didn't like to talk about it. I didn't get much information from them uh, because it actually was so shameful. It's, it's also a very dark episode of German history, right? So they, they didn't like to talk about it. So now I cannot pass on any uh, memories to the next generation, say my, my nieces. So I think over time, you know, there's a, there's a danger that um, you kind of um, get more relaxed about uh, things like war if you don't really um, experience it. So I think that this movie is really, yeah, important to, to kind of um, make us aware and, and not forget uh, what, what horror war really means. Um, this is my personal, uh, yeah, message uh, I carry from the film that I find quite important. No, absolutely. And I, I take a, a very similar message away from it. And I, I think it will stand um, the test of time in terms of, 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 I mean, it's obviously a resounding message that, that we keep telling, um, but we might not be learning from just yet. So hopefully, hopefully that will change at, at some point, but, um, but for now we have a great film that will oh. reference and really, um, marvel in what you guys were able to accomplish. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. It, uh, it's definitely, uh, amazing after after all the work that went in to to see uh, that is how it is received now um, it's uh, yeah, it's a great reward for all of us really. thank you all for listening this episode was edited and produced by me jackson vickery graphics were done by dylan michael and the opening and closing theme were done by sterling gavinsky